Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the national championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, the show is live from Allen Park and uh, joined by two-thirds of the broadcast team. Focus, guys. Focus. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you guys know TJ Lang. He is here. And the mayor of Allen Park <laughs> has joined us today, and that's Lomas Brown. Lomas, would love seeing you. What, is it, have you been out here yet, or is this your first experience? No, I've been out here a couple of days and, um, you know, just watching the guys, they they had to go through their acclimation period. Right, yeah. John. Shirts and five skirts. Five days to get ready to go to practice. Yeah. I've never heard of that before, but this is the new NFL, so we have to accept this now. <laughs> How many days uh, did it take you to get acclimated? Well, I think that first day. Remember yeah. that first day they threw you in there with shoulder pads and the full gear, uh-huh. and it was two a days right off the bat. So you didn't have time. You didn't have days. It was a matter of hours to get acclimated. Lomas, you played, what, 18 years? He could have played probably 28 years. Oh, my God. Under this system, yeah. Oh, my God. No touching. <laughs> 16 pounds. Added practices for the whole year. Oh my, John! We used to get sixteen in in the first couple <laughs> the first of weeks. Week. Yeah. yeah. How about your off season? Now you've only got 10, 10 OTAs or mandatory off season uh, practices. I mean, it, it used to be veteran mini camp, yes. rookie mini camp, four weeks of OTAs, and then I mean, but then there was you know color TV. You yeah. went from the leather helmet <laughs> to an actual helmet. I mean, these are all things that that that. Progressed during Lomas's time. Yes, he ushered us into a new era, and that's the era that we have. You know, wait. Uh, TJ is the youngest, right? Yeah. Out of yeah. He played. Did you play in the bike helmet? Did you play in the bike? B I K E. I don't think so. Oh, no, wow. that wasn't okay. around. So was he's was that the one with the flat yeah. face mask bars? No, that, that was the one that just had the air. Oh the no, air thing on I the inside. Yeah, yeah the I know John yeah. played. In oh one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the youngster on here. Yeah, every. Yeah. Once while I still have a baseball hat that I put that in. I put that on on, on Sundays just to make it feel like I'm still playing. <laughs> yeah, we it had fits mo- in there perfect. We had modern equipment when I was playing. <laughs> good, good bad for you guys. So, all right, so both of you guys, uh, Lomas a little bit more than TJ. TJ, I know you got a chance to stand out at practice uh, today. What would you see out there? Uh, the tempo feels good. Mm. Um, it feels smooth, right? I think that that's the one thing that you look for. Uh, especially this, this early in the camp. You don't want a lot of breaks. You don't want a lot of uh, whistles going on. You don't want to see a lot of bodies on the ground. Um, I'll tell you what, though, it's been pretty physical. I mean, I watched C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, lay a pretty big hit on Jameer Gibbs coming out of the backfield uh, on, a, on a little swing pass. Uh, that got the defense going a little bit. But I think so far the the tempo, the pace of practice, uh, it looks like an NFL practice, right? Yeah. And I don't think we could say that. Uh, necessarily maybe the last couple years right last year they started working towards getting that it seems like they're hitting the ground running though to start this camp and that's what you hear from a lot of the players over the last week that's what you've heard from a lot of coaches over the last uh, couple weeks is that things are starting to uh, just start to click they're starting to go in motion they're starting to hit the ground running and that's what you want to see because I mean Lomas me and you know we're but we're about a week and a half from 
them actually yeah. playing real football. Mm -hmm. I know it's a preseason game, but it's coming up quick. And the sooner you can get into game shape and game speed, uh, the better you're going to be off come the start of the season. Lomas, I'd love your take on this because we've heard so much about Jameer Gibbs and how quick he is. You got a chance to see him in the acclimation period. I know you saw him at minicamp and everything leading up to you know the start of fall camp here. Is the hype legitimate? Is he as fast and as quick as, as we've been told? Yes, he is. And, you know, again, we're looking at him in shorts and shoulder pads. But, I mean, from what we've seen, from what Ben Johnson is doing with him, how Ben seems like he's going to utilize him this year in the offense, he's going to be a weapon. He's a guy that, of course, we know can line up in the backfield. Seems like Ben is going to have him in the slot position. I even seen him out wide. So it seems like they're going to put him in a lot of different positions so that he can have success. And he's an explosive guy. He's a guy that you want to get the ball in his hands in the open field so he can use, utilize his talent. And I just think that's another weapon on top of some of the weapons that we have that's going to really help us out this year, Going uh, especially when we get to the middle part, late part of the season. And Gibbs has already said that. He's played more receiver here than he did at Alabama, yeah, yeah. and he was the leading receiver for Alabama yeah. last year. Yeah. So that's uh, that's just uh, when you talk about Ben Johnson and Jameer Gibbs and giving him weapons. Uh, that's where I'm excited to see, and we're not going to see it until uh, the regular season starts. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to show anything during uh, training camp or preseason games. But uh, how can you find ways to? get those guys on mismatches? How can you find a way to line up Jameer Gibbs uh, and get a one-on-one -on -one with uh, maybe a, a strong safety or maybe with a linebacker, right? How can you dictate what coverage you're going to get uh, in those certain situations? I think it's just going to be a ton of fun to see how Ben Johnson, how Dan Campbell utilize a guy like Gibbs yeah. in this offense to complement a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. That's probably going to draw most of the attention, at least at the start of the season. Well, uh, Lomas, TJ and I have talked a lot about this offensive line, yes. and one of the big question marks is going to be what happens at that right guard position. Yeah. I know Hal Vitae missed a day or two last week. He was back. He took a shot. Somebody fell on the back of him, and he, and he hopped right back up. It was nice to see that back tested. Your thoughts on, you know, his return and what does it mean for this offensive yeah, line? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is just to listen to other guys talk about Big V. I hear Jonah, how Jonah raves about him, how Panay Sewell, how he raves about such a good, how he's such a good leader, how he's been helping him so much in his development. And you just know, man, that he has to be a positive guy, one, in that locker room, but he has to be a well-liked guy, too. Uh, like I say, because how highly these guys talk of him. He's an important cog. I think if he can hold on to that starting right guard position. I think it's going to make us so much better. Yeah, we got Graham Glasgow back, and we have some of the guys that we had in the backup role. But I just think with Big V there, I, just, I think he solidifies everything. I think it's almost like working like a hand in the glove. Yeah. All those guys have to know what each guy is doing. And I think with him in there, those guys really click. And I think he is important for those for that offensive line. And he did have a really good season uh, two years ago, right? Yeah. We didn't yeah. play last year. But first year he came over, missed a couple games up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, that second year would have been, what, 2021 season. Yep. I think we started to see uh, what kind of player Hal Vitae was. And, and you're right, but the, the best part, best thing that's going to come out of that group is 
whoever's going to be at that starting right guard, whether it's Glasgow, whether it's uh, Vitae, uh, the expectations in that room are so high yes. that they're, they're going to be in a good spot, right? It's not like a battle that you might see in some of these positions where it's a couple of young guys, a couple of unproven guys uh, going after each other. I mean, these are two proven veterans that have played a whole lot of football. Whoever ends up locking that spot down, whether it's uh, Vitae, whether it's Glasgow, uh, I don't think this offensive line is going to skip a beat. Yeah, and we're actually well, – obviously you can hear we're live uh, from Allen Park right now, uh, and they're in the red zone right now. And, and one of the things that I think has to happen in the red zone is, one, they're going to have to find creative ways to use Jameer Gibbs coming out of the backfield or lining up, like you mentioned, at the wide receiver position, any number of them, but also Sam Laporta, uh, the tight end, the draft pick out of Iowa, but uh, Goff. Jared Goff has to be very efficient and very decisive here. Uh, I know that a lot of eyeballs are going to be on him. They've kind of Goff-proofed this offense. Your thoughts early on from what you've seen from Jared Goff. So for me, you're right, John. I'm telling you, I watched Jared last year and early in camp. He even struggled on some of the check downs, some of the, you know, making decisions on getting the ball out of his hands, either checking it down or trying to get it downfield. Everything I've seen from day one of practice, he has been just like this. His decisions have been so sharp. You could tell he knows this offense, and he's really, really comfortable in this offense right now because when he takes the ball, it's one, two, three, and it's out of his hands. He's making this read, and if that read in there, he automatically knows where to go with his other reads. So you can see that things are slowing down for Jared. You can see how much more comfortable he is under Ben Johnson and this offense, and he's really, he's really been – He's been playing at an elite level early in camp so far. Uh, I said last week on the podcast, Lomas, that I think this season is going to depend on – the success is going to depend on Jared Goff, yeah. right? I yes. think we're all – all the optimism, all the hype, all the excitement around this team is, yes, it's based off of how they finished last year in the last 10 games that they had. Uh, but do you feel like we're putting all of our baskets – all of our eggs in the Jared Goff basket where <laughs> we expect this team to be good? We need Jared Goff to even continue to improve, based, even from what he did over the last 10 games last year. Absolutely. I mean, he, it's he like, will. No, you're right. We know this defense isn't going you know, to – you look at the defense, of course we're assuming that they're going to be improved, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody looks at this defense and say, says, we're going to keep teams to 14 points a right. game or 17 points a game. It's going to have to – a lot of it's going to have to come from the offense. Yeah. A lot of it's going to have to come from Jared Goff. How big of a step do you think he needs to take uh, even going into year two uh, under Ben Johnson I, in this I, offense? Uh, TJ, I agree with you a whole 100% on Jared Goff and his next step that he has has to keep making if, if this offense wants to keep moving and you, you're right it's going to be so different for them this year because they're going to be the hunted this year it's different as we guys know it's different when you're it's not a lot of expectations on you teams don't really take you serious Everybody that plays the Lions this year, they know they're coming in for a dog fight. They know they're going to have to give their best to beat this team. Jared knows he's going to have to play at a certain level to keep this team at that level that they need to play at. And, look, everything's in front of them. This division is in front of them. It's theirs to take if they just go out here and handle their business each and every Sunday. Now, all joking aside, you were here the last time the Lions really had hope. Oh, my gosh. And what's 
Can you compare this season to some of those early 90 seasons? John, we, 1991, again, one game away from the, cha- uh, the Super Bowl, losing the NFC Championship. Even that next year in 92 when we came back, it wasn't the hype that they got here. It's so much more hype on this team than it was even back after us coming off our NFC Championship appearance. So I think the expectations, I think what they did at the end of last season, it really has people looking forward to this season. And again, the division is ours. It's there for the taking if the Lions just go out and handle their business. We hit on this, uh, John and I did over the last couple episodes as well, but as, as we progress throughout training camp in the preseason games, uh, what are a couple of uh, position battles that you're excited to, to watch uh, start to develop? Yeah, definitely. I want to see the young fella, man, the young linebacker. Jack, Jack Campbell. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to see him. I, I just want to see that because that, man, TJ, that size, a guy 6'4", six, 6'5", six, in the middle with the range that he'll have, you know, I, I just want to see how that looks in real life. I want to see that in real competition. And then uh, the interior of our defensive line. I know we got some new guys there, but I want to see if Aleem, is he, is he going to keep taking that jump? Isaiah Bugs, I want to see if he's ready to take that next jump, become dominant guys in the middle, and then you got some rotational guys behind them to help them out. So those are my two battles. Anytime you saw a young player on the other side, all right, as, as a former player when you were playing, and TJ, maybe you could talk about this a little bit more being an interior guy. Lomas and I didn't see the, the Mike linebacker a whole lot. Uh, how would you test him? If you were, you know, say you're an offensive lineman for Kansas City, and you know Jack Campbell's going to be starting in there. If you were an offensive lineman for Kansas City, how would you test a young linebacker? Well, I, I think one one thing that you can do pretty easy is mess with his eyes a little bit. Now, that's not necessarily up to the offensive lineman uh, to do, but more so the play caller, right? Depending yeah. on motions, right? Showing the same thing over and over again, and then, bam, there comes the play-action pass. Because we all know rookies, especially early in their, their career, you get so hyped up, right? Yeah. You feel like so much pressure. I got to go out there. I got to perform. I got to make yep. the plays that you start to do a little bit too much. And I think that there's ways where you can use that uh, aggressiveness against guys, right? I think another thing is that, look, all linebackers and I think defensive linemen, especially on the interior, you're, you're taught to listen to the center, right? The center's always going to yep. tell the offensive lineman which way we're going. They're going to point to the guy that they've got. Whether You've got the four down linemen. You're usually responsible for one linebacker, right? So a lot of defensive coaches, uh, they're smart to tell these guys, hey, listen to the center, listen to the calls. They're going to try to give you some hints on what the play's going. If you get a veteran offensive line, you can go up there and say, guys, hey, we're making dummy right, points. We're, right, we're making dummy calls. Right. I'm gonna, I might say this, scoop. You know, in the first time we run it, it's a double team up to the mic. Next time I say scoop, right, we're thinking that, he's thinking that. Boom, play, action, pass. Now we just open up the middle of that defense. So there's, there's multiple ways where you can try to play uh, a tricky kind of mental part of the game. Uh, with linebackers, sometimes it do, does get tough when it's loud out there. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They're not hearing you. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, messing with the points. That's just something that hearing Chris Spielman talk about Jack Campbell uh, on the morning show with you and Stoney, I mean, he, he, he raves about uh, Jack Campbell's instincts, right? He's just an instinctual guy. He knows where the ball is going to be. He reads the plays. He reads the formations. He knows the down and distances. He knows all the little things, mm-hmm. uh, right, to try to anticipate which play is coming. That's something that is going to be huge for Jack Campbell. And as long as he can continue those instincts. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Those are the hardest linebackers I ever had to block. Yeah, the, yeah. the tricky guys, the guys yes. that, you know, seem to know the play before the ball was even snapped, right? They're already running. You're already behind. There's no chance to get them. There's some of the guys that just come downhill and hit you in the face. You're like, all right, cool, yeah. right? And then we run for 20 yards right behind you. It's the guys that are able to beat you to the spot, beat you to the point, to be able to uh, get to that spot where the impact's going to happen before you can. Uh, that Those are the guys that are going to be tough to tough to block. And Jack Campbell seems to be one of those guys that has those instincts and, and yeah. knows where to be. And it's interesting when you talk about it like an instinctual position. The two that yeah. I think are most reliant upon instinct, the guys that can come in and have instant impact are the running back position and the linebacker mm-hmm. position. Because, yeah, there's their scheme. you got to know hey, when you, if you're going to get the ball, obviously, which side of the line you're running to. But after you get it, it's a feel. And running backs – they either have that feel or they're not. Yep. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs can have that instant impact. And on defense, it's Jack Campbell who, yeah, you could try and mess with him as much as you want as an offensive lineman or as an offense with motion. But once that ball is snapped, there's not a more instinctual position than that linebacker position. Yeah, and I, I just remember Spielman, and I don't know if he brought it up. I just remember when he first got in the league, just like what TJ was saying, I remember one of the coaches got on him after a game in film session because he said he was like a dog in the meat a meat locker. I mean, just chasing everything. And that was that aggressiveness, and, and that's what's going to happen to those young guys. All they want to do is see ball, get ball. And in the NFL, you know it don't work that way all the time. Well, we used to talk about it all the time on the broadcast last year, Lomas and I, where – you could see that with Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, right? That's you could right. see that yep. on some of the yep. outside zone plays or some of the bootlegs yep. where he's just, like you said, man, just see ball, get ball, just sprinting down so hard that he doesn't realize he's leaving a huge void on the backside yep. of the defense in <laughs> one cutback or one bootleg, and you've got no contain. You can be yep. in trouble. Now, you appreciate the fact that the guy's doing everything he can to go make a play, but at the same time, these young players, sometimes they need to be reminded there's 10 other guys yeah. on the field, right? Yes. Not every play is going to be yours to, to be made. I know the linebacker position, you're going to have more opportunities uh, to make plays, just naturally being in the middle of the defense. But we, it's funny because Lomas and I used to talk about that. All, we saw it with Aiden Hutchinson. And then by the time yeah. the you know second half of the season came around, you're like, all right, you can tell Double the game gracious. is starting yeah. to slow down for him a little bit. He knows, hey, I'm not going to get tricked again, right? He's starting to learn from those mistakes. Jack Campbell's going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen, right? But how fast can you uh, learn from those? How fast can you improve uh, is going to be the big difference on on what kind of impact he's able to have in his rookie season. So for you two guys, what do you see as Aiden? What do you see the next step for Aiden? What does he have to do to keep taking this upward step that he's taking now? What do you guys see? I would say for me it would be developing more – as a pass rusher, right? I think he learned probably the hard way last year that you can't just come in the NFL and just bull rush guys (laughs) every single play and expect to have success. Now, we did see, you know, I remember, I can't remember what game it was. It was late in the season, and he threw a spin move on somebody, and it was like, whoa, right? We haven't seen that yet. We've seen power, power, power. Mm -hmm. It might have been Minnesota, right? We saw a spin move, and it was like, oh, that's, 
that's how you get to that next yeah. level. That's because if you're just going to be a one-trick pony and hey, we know this guy's going to bull rush us. We all know as offensive linemen, it's very easy to combat that. Fraden, in my opinion, to take that next step, it would be to de keep developing those extra moves, keep developing those second, third, fourth, fifth moves. Also, because we know this, you rarely do guys win on their first move in the NFL. Yes. A lot of these wins, a lot of the pressures, hits, sacks come off of, okay, he stopped that. How do I transition to an inside rip? How do I transition now to a speed move to get around a guy? It's that second, third reaction uh, that is going to be huge. And I think that's something that Aiden Hutchinson himself uh, still has a ton of room to grow uh, into one of those type of players. And Lomas, when I watch film, and, you know, when you're playing against a good player, mm -hmm. right, you're, you're not going to stop everything. Right. But you want to try and predetermine what they're going to do. And you try and use some of the things that they do best against them. Mm -hmm. One of the great assets that Aiden Hutchinson has is the level at which he plays, mm -hmm. his effort. And so if, I'm, if I know I'm backside or I may be frontside, but I want to bait him, whether it's a draw or – Something where I can bait him to use that effort, to make him think he's going to make a play, he's going to go after it. I'm going to try and bait him into doing that so that I can get an angle for myself. I can pin him, whether it's inside or outside. Yeah. Um, and then I also I want to be able to try and predetermine if, if I know I've got a five-step drop. I'm not so concerned about being beat upfield. So I want to set heavy on his inside, make him think he's got me upfield, and then I'll run him past the quarterback. If it's a seven-step drop, maybe I'll try and use If I know the line slide to me, I'm, again, I'm going to use what he wants to do against him. Maybe I'll, I'll overset him a little bit, knowing I've got my guard inside to help me. It's some of those things that I want to use as an offensive lineman to my advantage. Mm -hmm. And for Aiden Hutchinson, it's going to be – one, recognizing those, and then it's the move off of that move. If, if I know as a defensive end I've got this upfield rush, but all of a sudden, hey, it's a five-step drop, how do I counter right. that? That's where Aiden Hutchinson has to take his name, game to the next level yeah. is how quickly can he go from I've got the corner, but that's not going to get me home. Can I go to a bull at that point? Do I, what do I use, how do I use my hands to get to the quarterback? Mm. So it's, yeah. th those are the type of things. And, and the question I have about that is not necessarily about Aiden Hutchinson, but James Houston. Yeah. In those last eight games or seven games, yes. he was unbelievable. Yes, he was. There's film out there now. Yeah. Thank you. Guys have been Thank working you. all offseason. How do I you know, block this little jump, dip, rip that he's got? And I know that, uh, you know, hey, in Green Bay and in Chicago, all of those guys, knowing that they're going to have to face him twice, they're working on That's those right. moves. How does he take his game to the next level? I think it's going to be an even bigger question. Yeah, and I think it's going to have to be some of those veterans. And that, that's what they don't have a lot in that, I'm saying, with the D-line. They yeah. don't have a lot of veterans in there. They have some in there. But, again, that's where that veteran voice would help a guy, a young guy like a James Houston or a Aiden Hutchinson, letting them know that they're going to have to keep progressing in their pass rushes, develop other moves like you're saying, and not just be a one-trick pony because we know that doesn't work in the NFL. Or you just have to master it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you have to master yeah. it. Honestly, sure. last year watching the film and even watching the games, it felt to me that James Houston was – probably the most polished pass rusher they had. Now, I know he kind of took teams by surprise the first couple weeks, but then you started to see an inside move. You started to see a little bit of a power move, right? Uh, if he can perfect and master 
one or two moves. We've all seen guys in the NFL. We yeah. saw Dwight Freeney. Oh, yeah. That you knew that spin was coming, yep. and there was nothing you could do about it. Reggie White <laughs> with the hump. Reggie White yeah. with the inside yeah. hump. Yep. Julius yep. Peppers with the yep. bull. We, we all saw guys that had one or two yep. moves, but they were just so damn good at yep. it that you knew, okay, I know what he's going to do. I still can't stop <laughs> yeah. it. Right? Like, that's what James – that's, to me, where James Houston uh, can make his hay is just becoming a master at rushing the passer, becoming – uh, you know, just uh, putting on a clinic going out there mm-hmm. on the edge, and you know it's third down. You know James Houston's coming out on one edge. You know you're going to have Aiden Hutchinson on the other edge. Go get the quarterback, right? It's not uh, – for me, it's not as much with a guy like that about trying to develop those fifth, sixth, seventh right? guys are watching film as much as it is just – Try to find a way to master yeah. that and just completely dominate that one move if, if that's what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, do what you yeah. do and do it well. Do and, it well. And, uh, Lomas, you know, hey, back when you and I played, when men were men. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And I remember playing against Reggie thinking, oh. you know what, I don't care. He could beat me upfield. I'm just not going to get beat yes. on that hump move. And I got a bruised tailbone that says <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Jump. Sometimes – Sometimes there are moves that defensive players yes. make, and they're just, at this level, they're so damn good. There's not a damn thing you can do about I it. I was so happy Throw he played over the right tackle and not the left tackle, man. That, that was a man. Know, overpaid left tackle. Yeah. Golly. I mean, it's yeah, still I like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I know you, know, you do. I, you know, John, I, I wanted to bring up a question since we're here. I've seen two action photos of myself. Uh-huh. And TJ, and then the action photos. I'm working, but yeah. TJ's in the stance. Both action photos, or he's like this. What's going on, big fella? I don't take the. I don't I'm, take, I, but I'm, I'm just saying, what's going on with that, though, man? What? I mean, you know, I want to see a little action. I sent it to him. I didn't get any response from uh-huh. him. And yeah, so. yeah. There's not many. That's because the, the actions photos of guards. I mean, they got sideboards, yeah, right? You know. They got people. They got running backs <laughs> to help them in the A and B gap. There's they got a center telling the them what. To, he already admitted the center's telling them what to do yeah, all the time. They, they got the scrum working for them. Oh yeah. Nobody's telling you guys what to do. Yeah. No, no. Hey, we got our Eyes out on Thank there. We got, we're talking about yeah. corners. Block the hey, end. That's it. And, and we're we getting hand how, signals. How we can't be. hear in there, so we're getting hand signals. Yep. We can't hear TJ. I, I tried to look up some photos from when you were playing. I don't even think there were cameras <laughs> back then. They're all micro, black and white. You can't hey, tell micro which hey, switch. Hey, you know, I have to pull out. And it was in color. Yes, my pictures were in color there, TJ. <laughs> Uh, so as they continue to go, obviously Penny Sewell right now, just a little update. He is not practicing yeah. right now. He's in concussion protocol. I don't think it's anything major. I don't know if you saw uh, what well, it happened. I didn't see what happened to him. I, I read the same thing you did. I seen him coming off the field the other day. It didn't seem like anything. But He's walking now, a straight line? Yeah. But look, John. See, that, that was, used to be the test in our day. Like, you walk a straight line, oh, you're good to go. Well, in, your day, in my day, it was like follow the finger and – they will ask you what day of the week it is. Yeah. Well, John, if you look around and you see everybody in the same uniform, you could pretty much guess <laughs> yeah. Sunday. <It's> Sunday. <laughs> and they send you yeah. right back out there. So, yeah, that was our test. <laughs> uh, Pepe Su will be back. J-Mo is back out there. I know that uh, he had a little uh, – a uh, little dust up uh, with the defensive back <laughs> through a punch. And, uh, uh, you know, if he breaks a hand or something, throwing oh a punch would God. be stupid, but he's going to have six weeks to recover. Yeah, he's got. John was, with the I know, jabs, I know, he did up underneath. Oh man, it's so, like going back to concussions. I mean, he could be totally fine, right? But we know now that 
once you're in that protocol, yeah. you could show up the next day completely fine, mm -hmm. but you're still not going to be clear to go. It's like a minimum maybe four or five days, I think, that you have to go through steps each day, right? You go to a workout, okay, yep, feeling good. You go watch practice, yep, feeling good. So I don't think there's any reason to necessarily be concerned no. uh, about Panesul. It's just more so once you're in that protocol, you're pretty much going to be out for a week, and especially at this point of training camp, there's no really point in rushing guys back out here, right? right? You still right. got a long, uh, a long month before you start playing real football come September. Well, before we get going, and, and first of all, I want to say thanks to Lomas for, for spending so much time with us today, but they've got uh, inter-squad practices between the Giants and the Jacksonville mm -hmm. Jaguars coming up in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, they're going to play them in, in the games. There's going to be more work done at practice than there will be yes. in the preseason game. Um, what do you want – what's the value of that, of having those inter-squad scrimmages? Well, I think the value, one, you're seeing a different body. Two, you're seeing a different scheme. Um, three, you're seeing different techniques by the guy that you're blocking or the guys that you're going up against. And, and I think it's good. It's always good for us – or another team to see the intensity that other teams yeah. work with see how other teams work now, i used to like when we had joint practices if it was another all pro offensive lineman i would love to watch him how he works see some of the things that he does that i might be able to steal from him or watch an all pro uh, defensive lineman i may have to face that guy so i want to see some of the moves that he's working on so it's a lot of value comes from working with uh um, teams when they come here to work with these joint practices yeah just seeing like you said different body types right yeah. and then when the giants get into town uh what is it next week yep. i think uh, you know, just for this offensive line's perspective, right? Facing a guy like Dexter Lawrence, like Leonard Williams, like yes. uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's obviously uh, right there with Aiden Hutchinson on trying to yeah. take that next step and prove that they're dominant pass rushers. You can always get at least probably 15 to 20 to 25 really good reps out of those practices against those guys uh, that are just going to challenge you from what you've been seeing the same day, <laughs> every single day against yep. the same players, yep. every single rep, every single period, every single practice. It's always good to try to just mix it up a little bit to really just test where you're at uh, at this point of training camp. Because you always you always go into week one as a player and you think you're ready, yep. but you don't really know until right. you start that game, right? right? Like, I think I'm good, right? I had a good training camp, preseason was good, but this is a different level. When you get those joint practices, it allows you to really start to measure up uh, where you're at or how much uh, more work you need to do to make sure you're ready to go week one. Hey, look, as offensive linemen, we get to see the highest-paid offensive lineman in the league, yeah, Andrew, Andrew Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah right. so he comes here, so we'll see how he works. He better be a baller. There you go. And we know that, we know, <laughs> hey, I guarantee those Giants are going to come in with a little attitude after. I mean, the Lions whooped up on them pretty good last yeah. year, yeah. right? And I think yeah. that was a 7-2 and two team uh, at that point. I mean, you would be – I know it's a new year, but uh, you'd be foolish to think that the Giants won't come in here with a little bit of a chip on their That's shoulder right. based off what happened last season. Well, we're off and running with training camp. Lomas, thanks yeah. again for stopping Absolutely. by. Uh, and TJ and I will be back again either later in the week or uh, starting next week to get you ready for that first preseason game. I know you guys are all ready to get, uh, to get things rolling up in the booth and down on the sidelines. So uh, best yes. of luck. No, yes. no stuttering. We'll no soon. stuttering. No right, stuttering. Right, with yes. Thomas. Uh, yeah, good talk about my job. I, I can do as much government as name. I can do as much as uh, as oh, uh, I want to. Right? Oh my! This causes problems <laughs> too, man. All the time. He's already complaining about. Oh, you know what? Oh, you know we've got one cold weather game. <laughs> uh, 
oh, Lomas is up there. He's all bundled up. I mean, this guy, he's looking at the schedule going, okay, cold, cold, inside, inside, inside. Uh, uh, all right. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. This is, thanks for listening to Necessary Roughness.